Well, in honor of the Nashville Predators' 25th anniversary, we are ranking the top 25 Nashville Predators players ever. Today, we are at numbers 15 through 11, and they include two players who will probably be the most discussed in this list. We'll talk about it today on Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Predators podcast your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free daily Nashville Predators podcast available to you wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And as always, want to start out with a special hello to our loyal Locked On Predheads out there, the everydayers who tune into every single show. We love you guys. We appreciate the support you give us week after week. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penalty Box Radio, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at InsideThePreds.com. So we've been counting down the top 25 Nashville Predators players of all time. Yeah. Uh, we have done three of these. No, two of these so far. Mm-hmm. I can't count. I was thinking, <laughs> like, I just saw the list today. This is the third one. There you uh, so go. We've done an episode on 25 through 21. We have done 20 through 16. Uh, so go back and listen to what we've had. Uh, if, if we're available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. So go back and, and listen to that list so you can see who we've talked about so far. Uh, and I feel like the list so far has just been kind of like a fun, like walk down memory lane reminiscing about some older players uh maybe some new-ish players mm-hmm. who uh you know maybe we get to put their games under the microscope a little bit more it feels like now we're getting higher into this list where people might have stronger feelings about maybe individuals ranked higher than one you know that might be further up on the list. Yeah, I agree. I think we're getting into like the meat of it now. And, and I do think that, that people are going to disagree. There's one today that I think people are going to be like, say what, but just hear us out, hear us out on it. That's all I ask. Hear us out on this. But yeah, I think now it gets into that, that tricky part where you really have to spend some time analyzing statistics and culture and, you know, history and records and all of that to really sort through where some of these players rank. Today's list, I think we're getting into that. We're getting into the hostile territory, my friend. (laughs) Yeah. So here's, here's the thing. We will profess this by saying we rank these on three categories. Uh, We rank them on impact, how they were off the ice, like how the team did, all that good stuff. Uh, Longevity, how long have they been playing for the Nashville Predators? How long have they been in a high impact role? And legacy, what's kind of our opinions on them now looking back? Like, are they more appreciated, maybe less appreciated? Those are the three ways we rank them. And I want to especially highlight number two, the longevity part. Mm -hmm. When we get to number 15, because, Anne, I told you, I feel like there's this particular portion of the list contains two people. Mm -hmm. I think most people might have comments on about where they're ranked in this list. 
Right. Number 15, UC Soros. We know people. We know. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we know a lot of people would have him top 10 already. Right. But hear us out. This is where he is ranked for now in his career. Mm-hmm. Longevity will matter. Impact on the ice is still forthcoming. So this list is a living, breathing, fluid thing. So everybody just breathe through when we tell you UC Soros is 15 on our list. Yeah. Um, UC Soros has another season like he did next year. We do this list again next year. He's top 10. Oh, yeah. No oh, question yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, sure. I think for me, because we, we've talked about UC Saros' game all summer, Anne. Yeah. Um, we, we know what he is right now. Mm-hmm. We know that he is in the kind of prime in his career. Uh, it's funny because a lot of people have shown like stats of like Pecorine's first couple of years as a starter compared to UC Saros' first couple of years yeah. uh, as a starter. And statistically, UC Saros uh, has been better than Pecorine's start in a lot of different things. Uh, I think like the big thing for me, Anne, is that it just hasn't had the rest of the team around him yet. Now, in, in a way, that makes what UC Saros has done more impressive because Very you true. could argue in uh, the past three years, he has been the team's MVP by far. Yes. I would, you know, and there ever there's a big argument like in 2022 when, you know, Roman Yossi had 96 points and we we're like, uh, who's the MVP? Like, is it Roman Yossi? Is it UC Saros? Then UC Saros got injured and everybody at once is like, oh, OK, wait, okay. No, he's, he's he's the he's the more yeah. important the guy. Senior. Um, but yeah, I mean, it feels like, you know, and we talk about his you know, kind of perception around the NHL too. It just feels like if it ever gets to a place where he kind of gets that national recognition, mm-hmm. that's, it feels like when the opinion on UC Saros will just flip, not just in Nashville, but around the NHL as well. Right. I do think people in Nashville, I think we, fans understand what they have in UC Soros. I think that next season is going to be so interesting, especially when you're looking at, you know, what is UC Saros' legacy going to be with the Nashville Predators for however long he's here? Because all of the sudden, Saros is now walking into a new chapter with the franchise. You know, he took over in, what, 2020? And they were still in that, we just need to add a few pieces mode. You know, we've, we've, got, we've got what we need core-wise, we just need a couple of pieces. Whether that was true or not, that's a whole nother podcast. But this is definitely a benchmark in the franchise history where this is going to be a team that is focused on developing youth. This is a team in a reset. And I think what UC Saros does next season with a team that is in, in every way, really taking a step back to get better eventually, I think that is going to say a lot about his legacy. And I think he is going to be the ticket to this reset. If you take UC Soros out of what is happening next season with the Nashville Predators, you're looking at at least two, three, four more seasons Mm -hmm. before this team can get back to where they can be with Soros. My question for you, Nick, is if UC Soros in his career gets the Nashville Predators to a Stanley Cup final, does he surpass Pecorine? 
But here's the thing. Like Pecorine was was sort of the like the, like kind of the standard bear for so many eras. Like just, you know, he came in during that, you know, that late 2000s era with, you know, Jason Arnett kind of steadied that ship. Uh, he was like the game stealing goalie in sort of, you know, the, like the 2012 playoffs and the reason the Predators were so good. Uh, a big reason why they won their first couple playoff seasons. You know, Pecorine, I feel like always is going to be the standard just yeah. because of, you know, he did it first. And he did it across like multiple teams, multiple eras. Um, so it's going to be hard to beat him. You know, if UC Saros is here for like 10 more years mm -hmm. and, you know, gets the Preds to this rebuild and gets the Preds to a Stanley Cup, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but it's just it's just so hard to beat like the OG. You know? <laughs> it is. It is. But I really wonder about that because the things that you're talking about that Pecorine did, I can see UC Saros doing. You know, he is going to be the guy that carries them through this reset. And yeah. he would be the guy that would steal some playoff wins for this team. So it really makes you wonder, could UC Saros battle Pecorine for, you know, best goaltender? Yeah. I don't know. I agree. There is an element yeah. of the OG. There is an OG element. I get that. But the potential, I think, is there. If he's still on the team in two years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, maybe oh. maybe, maybe we're talking about Yaroslav Askarov being the, the guy. All right, well, we will have uh, spots 14 through 11 on our list coming up here momentarily, including one guy I think fans might have some qualms about being – on this list but first I want to mention today's episode is brought to you by athletic greens and their product ag1 folks uh let's face it we all want to be healthy but getting there is easier said than done it's expensive there's all those vitamins and minerals and whatever you need to buy protein powders it gets expensive it gets complicated and it causes you to give up that's why i love ag1 because all it is is one scoop in a glass of water each day. That's it. Just one scoop gives you 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, and adaptogens to help you start your day off right. It is a micro habit that delivers macro benefits and helps just about everyone take care of their health every day. Plus, the cost is less than $3 a day which is, you know, cheaper than that daily cold brew habit you have. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your new supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. Again, drinkag1 slash NHL Network to check it out. All right, and we are continuing our list of the top 25 Nashville Predators players of all time. On to number 14, Mr. Nashville Predator himself. There you go. David Legwand. That's right. So he was the first pick in Nashville Predators history. This is the guy that you think of when you think of the Nashville Predators in a lot of ways. Team legend. Team legend. 15 years with the franchise, y'all. 956 games played. He still holds the record for the most games played in the franchise. Um, so we'll we'll see how that stands. But listen to these are the other records that he holds with the Nashville Predators. He is second in points only by Roman Yossi, who just recently surpassed him. Second to Philip Forsberg in goals. Second to Roman Yossi in assists. 
third in shorthanded goals, second to Philip Forsberg in game-winning goals, and first in overtime goals. And little bit of trivia, first NHL player to score a penalty shot in overtime, which I thought was just kind of a fun little stat. Game-winning penalty shot in Game-winning penalty shot. That's right. And also a little bit of trivia, which I think is fun. He is co-owner of the Sarnia Sting, where Nashville prospect Nolan Burke played. And he once tried to get into the wrong penalty box during the <laughs> <NHL> game. <laughs> Look, I don't judge that. We all yeah. have those moments. Yeah, if anybody remembers, uh, I think that was his first game back in Nashville after being traded. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. You know the the thing about David Legwand is, you know, he's obviously beloved for being like the first draft pick. Uh, he, you know, held those team records for many, many, many years. You know, until this sort of new crop of players came in. <coughs> so you know, his team was his name was on the record books, kind of by default for all those years. Played almost a thousand games. It just kind of feels like. You know, the one thing about David Legwan that everybody, you know, sort of talks about is, boy, it's just he never really became that quality of like the number two overall pick, mm. you know, and I think that's that's like the one reason why he's not like, you know, on the team's. Um, you know, Mount Rushmore. Like if you're going to pick right. a Mount Rushmore of players, that's like the only reason he's not on it is just because, you know, never really had that one big year, you know, his career high. Uh, came in uh, in 2007 when he had 63 points. Um, yeah, and it's just you know it's that and that was the year he played with Paul Correa, 27 goals right. that year. But other than that, just 20 goals in a season uh, once in his entire career. And yeah. I kind of feel like you know as a as a number like a number two overall pick, a guy that you draft to to kind of take become the face of your franchise. Boy, it just always seemed like we wanted more from David Leguan. Even like, you know, even early on, it just seemed like he was always like the compliment, never like the main guy. Yeah. Yeah. He was never the main course. Yeah. But but still, you know, and I think just the longevity for sure that he played with and the fact that he was, you know, such a you know a big member of this team for so many years. Um, you know, I will we'll throw out there very underrated two-way player. Mm-hmm. I think that's something a lot of people forget about David Legwan because, um, you know, he had some uh, whoopsie daisy plays, like high profile plays, like throwing the puck at his own net during a playoff game that led to a goal. But, you know, I do think that takes away is, you know, very responsible kind of two way player, uh, very good penalty killer. So I feel like, you know, there there's that aspect of his game that we should celebrate, too. But, yeah, it's just. Kind of always felt like, you know, we expected a little bit more from David Leguan in his career here. Yeah. Let's move to a defenseman at number 13. And this is somebody that I know people, Nashville Predators fans know and love. Mm-hmm. That is the great beard that is attached to Ryan Ellis. Greatest beard, rocket shit, baby. Greatest beard, I would say, in the Nashville Predators history, hands down. Oh yeah, oh, over, over Matias. Oh, yeah, oh, I, I was about to say over Matias I call him, but yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. with you there. Two very different styles. Yeah. Um. What What's your your kind of memory about Ryan Ellis, and why do we have him ranked here, Anne? 
Well, Ryan Ellis, I think, was one of those Nashville Predators that was chronically underappreciated across the league. And you you look back at his time with Roman Yossi and, and you see this is a defensive pairing that was fantastic. One of the best in Nashville Predators history, one of the best in the NHL. And Ryan Ellis was the guy that flew sort of under the radar because Roman Yossi was so high impact, such an offensive weapon. But man, Ryan Ellis's game. And I think Nashville Predators fans really saw it when Ellis was traded. This is a guy who was a difference maker. I mean, Mm -hmm. just quality defenseman. He had 16 game winning goals, which I'm like, yeah, you did. Mm -hmm. Um, He was uh, 11th overall draft pick in 2009, 562 games with the Predators, 10 years. Of course, we know that he was traded to Philadelphia where he only played four more games and injury. uh, Just really the the word is that he will not return Mm -hmm. to playing in the NHL, which is awful. But man, did Nashville get so much out of Ryan Ellis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You kind of mentioned him being overlooked a lot and yeah. just based on who he sort of played with in his career. Like he was, you know, Yossi's partner. Uh, before that, he was like the like a, a top four, but on the second line or mm-hmm. second pairing under Shea Weber. Um, but this is a guy that I think is just such a perfect complement yes. for some of the other players. It's just because he's so responsible. And again, like the year the Predators made the Stanley Cup Finals, 2017, you know, 16 goals from him that year. Come this on. guy had a shot. Yes. Like he had one of the best shots on the Nashville Predators in his peak. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think that's, you know, very underrated part of his game. You know, got 10-plus goals a couple different times. Uh, and, you know, it, it's such a shame because injuries completely slowed him down. Of course, missed a lot of 2018 uh, with an injury. And, of course, was was never quite same after the, uh, the, the Corey Perry Unforgettable. Um, the headshot, you know, just kind of seemed to be in and out of the lineup after that. But, you know, it's, I feel like there is a lot that you could say about mm-hmm. his game in this place. Yeah. Here. Quality guy on yeah. and off. Absolutely. And uh, as we mentioned, sounds like he, uh, you know, unfortunately might not make it back uh, to the NHL, but what a, you know, career for him. And, you know, it's I also want to add in just a great guy. Yes. Like a great overall guy. We got some good stories uh, about him for sure. All right. And continuing our list of the top 25 greatest Nashville Predators players of all time. (laughs) Let's just throw the Molotov cocktail in here. Number 12. Ryan Suter. Mm. Let's go, baby. Let's (laughs) let's start. Let's just start the riots now, shall we? Let's begin the fun. So drafted in that big 2003 defenseman heavy draft, same draft class, of course, as Shea Weber. Spent seven years in Nashville, 542 games played, 38 goals, 238 points, a plus 43, great defensive guy. Uh, 18th, I thought this was interesting. He is 18th in all-time 
games played by a defenseman in the entire history of the NHL. So I thought that was really interesting. Here is what's real about Ryan Suter, my friends. He is the days of our lives of the Nashville Predators. He is the drama mama. He is the story that you will tell your children's children about the time that yeah. Ryan Suter stuck it to the Nashville Predators. Uh, and it's so funny because on ice contributions, incredible. But will the Nashville Predators fan base remember him for anything other than moving on and, and the I, way I, that it I, went down? I asked that. Like I asked that on Twitter uh, one time when I was, you know, running social media for for one of the places I write for. I was like, "Is it? Are we ever going to get forgive like Ryan Suter and maybe just appreciate his career a little bit?" And mm -hmm. Boy, uh, the responses I got from that uh, <laughs> were textbook toxic social media on that. I one. think that was probably a hard pass. Yeah, uh, that was that was very much a no. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing, Anne. Like that's of course the legacy of Ryan Suter. Right. Like, that's how everybody remembers Ryan Suter. What we don't always remember is, my God, he was really, really good. Yeah. Like yeah. really good, still ninth all time in Nashville Predators history, uh, in um, assists, yeah. like you know top ten assists all time on the team, which that says something about the team. Um, you know he's look. You look at the the you know if you take out his first year where he was kind of just you know a depth guy, mm -hmm. uh, the following six seasons he played in Nashville, averaged twenty four just under 24 minutes a game he was a minute muncher yeah. and it's funny because you know we always talk about him with Shea Weber who is going to be much much higher than Ryan Suter on this list yeah but it's funny because you know Shea Weber you know was kind of that stay-at-home defenseman um you know the big shot you know the score it's funny because Ryan Suter to me was more of like the free flow, like the, the free flowing guy, like mm -hmm. more of the puck carrier, more of the guy that would make like the responsible play, like take care of like the responsibility. Like he was more of like, you know, kind of the responsible two-way defenseman. And that led Shea Weber to kind of be more Shea Weber. Yeah. Like kind of let Shea Weber be like more aggressive and, you know, clearing out the front of the net, let him be more of like the big hit guy, let him jump into the play, you know, take that big slap shot, take some chances in offense. Um, and it, it's funny because those two complemented each other so well. And, you know, yeah. as much as we talk about, you know, Shea Weber kind of becoming one of the best defensemen in the NHL, you know, sort of, from the span of, you know, the late 2000s to early 2010s, you know, Shea Weber, arguably one of the three best defenders. Ryan Suter was such a big part of that. Yes. Yeah. It's like that Ryan Ellis, Roman Yossi thing, you know, where, you know, you talk about who is the standout player, but who is the partner that allows that to happen? And that, yeah. you know, that definitely was Ryan Suter. I think it's a little bit sad because I do think that so much about how Predators fans feel about him continues to be negative because of some of the things that have come out. You know, Jason Arnett was on a podcast and, and was very frank, my friends, yeah. about just off ice Ryan Suter and, you know, kind of was complaining and um, 
apparently when he was bought out in Minnesota, he hung up on the general manager, like just that there is kind of a, a, a vibe. And so I feel like it's a little bit hard with those things kind of coming out even now for Nashville Predators yeah. to come to a point where they can say, you know what, this guy was a really great defenseman. Like it was a bad breakup, y'all. It was a bad yeah. breakup. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and that I'm sure is that certainly has dropped the legacy. Yeah. Uh, the I mean, legacy, legacy, legacy score for Ryan Suter <laughs> is not very high. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's uh, a right legacy. Now. It's just not one that gets you up the list. No, but but in terms of, you know, longevity and impact, yeah. like he made the Nashville Predators very, very good for a very long time. So Absolutely. Yeah, like, and maybe, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like it's like almost like a Sergei Fedorov situation in Detroit where, mm-hmm. you know, the way he left and some of his, like, you know, contract, issues there that you know soured some fans on him for you know quite some time and his name was a little bit taboo and then you know 20 years once things cooled down you know maybe Predators fans can forgive him I don't know. we'll see we'll see there's yeah. big feels y'all big feels sure. uh let's move on the last one for today and number 11 on this list uh god one of the best yes. favorite players bang for your buck players in team history yep little stevie sullivan <laughs> number yes. 26 uh you know your tenure with the nashville predators is going to be good and when your first game come on very first game come on after being acquired at the trade deadline your star acquisition gets a hat trick in his very first game I mean, can you imagine, like, what a great way to just kick it off with the Nashville Predators. And I think that endeared him to people. I think so much about Steve Sullivan endeared him to this fan base. You know, he kind of was that speedy, scrappy, kind of undersized guy that just got it done. It reminds me a little bit of that Rocco Grimaldi vibe where, you know, people. But much better. But much better. Yeah. But it's the vibe. It's the same. It's the same vibe. Um, played six seasons with the Predators, uh, three hundred and seventeen games, and little bit of trivia. He was the first NHL award winner for the franchise. He won the Bill Masterson Memorial Trophy after dealing with horrific injuries and finally coming back. So Steve Sullivan definitely, definitely, I would say, always going to be a fan favorite. Yeah. It's- count the masterton as a major award sure well hey it's an award friend it it is an award (laughs) it's an award Um, you know and here's the funny thing about steve sullivan is you know look at um the all-time points per game Mm -hmm. for nashville predators history paul korea who we talked about just under a point per game most all time uh number two is steve sullivan tied with philip forsberg so in terms Mm -hmm. of scoring Nobody has done more consistently than Steve Sullivan. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's that's something to go. And he was just so good. And this is one of those players, Anne, that it just, oh boy, I would love to see him like fully non-injured. Yes, because he really run. struggled with injuries. Here, and here's he the thing. We, you know, we talked about that hat trick uh, for him, you know, in his first game. His first see, like his first half season with the Nashville Predators after he came over the deadline, 30 points in 24 games, Ann. 
Can you imagine? That, yeah, like that is one hell of an acquisition. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that, that was Steve Sullivan. Like, and when he was on the ice, man, he was just lights out. Uh, you know, 68 points in 69 games in, in 2006, 60 points in 57 games the next year. And then he had that, you know, the, you know, the back injury right. that just cost him a year and a half of playing time. And then even that he came back 32 points in 41 games. And it's just, boy, he like just bang for your buck whenever he was out there. So electric, uh, you know, in, in him out there with Paul Correa at the same time. Like it was just, God, he was such a fun player. Yeah. Yep. And I think Nashville Predators fans, this is one, you know, st- stats aside, this is one that they are always going to really appreciate just for that style of play, the, the, just the way that he played the heart that he played with, you know, the success obviously came, but just, he, uh, he won this fan base over. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And for that matter, uh, especially for like old school fans, he Mm -hmm. is always mentioned uh, for one of the, you know, favorite Nashville predators of all time. And again, easily a top 10 player uh, had, uh, he had just managed to stay healthy. Oh no. Just managed to stay healthy, but the way he fought back really endures, I think, him to the Nashville Predators fan base. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is what can you say about him? Just a great all around player, Ann. Yeah. And we're all of a sudden at our top 10. We are. It's we got some good names on here. (laughs) Uh, So at this point, you probably know who's in the top 10, but I feel like you guys are going to have some strong feelings about who is ranked where. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is something to tune in for. We will have uh, one episode with numbers 10 through six coming up, and then we will have five through one. Yeah. You're going to want to stay tuned for this. And where can people find your work? You can find my work online at insidethepreds.com. You can find me on Twitter X, whatever at Ann K underscore mama on ice. Yeah. It's the bird app. The bird app. We can call it. You can find me on said bird app or X app. God, it doesn't even have the bird logo anymore. I know. Uh, <laughs> we're falling apart here. Uh, at underscore NS Morgan or read me or read my work at penaltyboxradio.com. Uh, That's going to do it for us on today's Lockdown Predators podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. We will be back later this week with all new episodes. We'll see you then.